It's time for Caught on Tape with Doug Murin. And now your host, Doug Murin. Hey, I've got a lot of friends that are, I've got some really, really young friends. I've got some friends who've been around a long time. Today, I'm going to introduce you to one of my longstanding friends. I've asked him to share his story of how he encountered Christ, Caleb Quay, who is a theologian of worship, but he also was one of the main players in the walking world world of uh, the last 30, 40 years. And I think you're going to enjoy it. So, uh, you know, get some friends around the radio and hear about Caleb's story today. Hey, today, folks, uh, we have a, a different show. Uh, we've been listening to some teaching and uh, having some discussion. But today I have one of my favorite people on the planet as a guest with us, uh, Caleb Quay, who is a... Uh, Famous musician, actually. Uh, he's uh, Eric Clapton calls him the best guitarist in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. And he is. Uh, I met Caleb in uh, Pasadena, California years ago. Years ago. I When I traveled and spoke, I often carried uh, two or three guitars with me. Because it was uh, just a nice way to spend evenings. And I was invited to a jam uh, session at a church, at a four-square church in Pasadena, and I thought, well, I'm going to show these guys how to put something together here. And I walked in, and Caleb was playing, and I heard him playing, and I, I turned around, took my guitar back to the rental car, and locked it up. <laughs> he, he scared me. It was so good, it scared me. I said, who is that? They says, Caleb Quays, Elton John's guitarist. I thought, well... Yeah, I'm 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 just I'm just here to listen, man. I'm just here. So so not only that, you know, you've been a professor at Bible college, uh you've done evangelism yeah. work. We've done some evangelism together. Yeah. Uh yeah. tell I want tell me how you met Christ. I'm very curious how someone who mm-hmm. grows up with Elton John, hangs out in the same yeah. neighborhoods, does the same yeah. kind of garbage stuff. And one day decides to be a Jesus follower. How in the world did you make that leap? <laughs> That's a great question. You know, first thing I have to say, it, it was a process. That It was a process that I did not initiate. And the, the reason I say that is because it really is God's story. And coming from the, the, the premise that we're dealing with a God who speaks, you know, the, the creation was spoken into being. So it's a God who speaks, you know. And so the process for me began in a hotel room when I was, it was on my 30th birthday, uh, and I was playing with Hall & Oates at the time. I just left Elton's band and were playing with Hall & Oates. This is 1978, October the 9th. And uh, it was in Atlanta in a hotel. And uh, after the band and the road crew threw a surprise birthday party for me, in the wee hours of the morning, after a very illegal birthday party, in the middle of a six-month road tour, um, I was sat in a chair, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this voice speaks to me. I'm alone in my room, and the voice was so loud and present, I actually thought somebody had crept into my room mm. and told me, and the voice basically called me by my name and said, Caleb, from this point on, your life's going to be completely different. Nothing's going to be the same for you ever again. And all I knew was, in the middle of that electric silence, as I describe it, I just knew that I had been spoken to. I just didn't know by whom. 
Now, you have to understand at the time, I wasn't looking for Jesus, I wasn't looking for God, I wasn't looking for religion. I was, however, being a hippie musician of, of that generation. I was looking for answers to this dilemma of life, you know, because I had gotten to the top of my field and earning all kinds of money and, you know, investing in all the, all the, all the pleasures or whatever, all the craziness of, of the business. And deep down inside, I was not happy. I was not, I kept saying to myself, there's got to be something else. So I searched in all the stuff, you know, and did all the drugs and nothing could get rid, nothing could fix my internal condition. You roll the clock on, and I used to tell people about hearing this voice, other musicians, you know, and they thought I was crazy and they wanted to know what drugs I was doing to hear that, you know. And, and I, I said, no, this was, a real, this was a real thing. I heard something and couldn't shake it. So about three years later, I became friends with a guy. His name is Chester Thompson. He was Phil Collins' drummer, played with Genesis and Weather Report, world-famous drummer. He invited me to do a project with him, and we struck up a friendship. And um, in this friendship, he, during, during our time together, he told me that him and his wife were Christians. And my response was, yeah, well, that's great for you. You know, you got your club, I got mine. You know, that's fine. Let's just do the music. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it got to a point where, and this was, uh, um, this is the Reader's Digest version here, but I got to a point where um, on Easter Day, he called me up and he said, what are you doing today? I said, nothing much. He says, why don't you come to church with us today? It's Easter. And I thought, okay, I've tried everything else, so I'll go to church with you. Now, the interesting thing about this friendship was that God had sent somebody into my life who was the same age as me, in the same line of work, and yet he was different. There was something about him that was different. And the only way I could describe it was that this guy and his wife, they, had, they were at peace. They had a peace and I used to describe it as a solidity. They were solid. They were that this peace and this solidity about them that was really attractive to me. I knew I didn't have what they had. So and did you receive Christ it, then? Did you receive no, Christ? No, no, no. Okay. I, 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 just, I just said, you know, um, you know, whatever it is they got, you know, I want this. So on that basis, I went to church with them. Yeah. Easter Day, 1982. Yeah. And during the worship time in that service, they kept singing this one simple song, a song by Bob Kilpatrick called In My Life, Lord, Be Glorified, Be Glorified Today. And it just, simple chorus keeps repeating and repeating. And as they're singing this song, the same voice that spoke to me in the hotel room three and a half years ago speaks to me right there in the church and says to me, Caleb, it's time for you to come home to me today because I have a brand new life for you. Then the light bulb went on, and I finally realized who that voice belonged Powerful. to. Then you started, uh, then you started, sure. uh, you started a whole new life track then, didn't you? Yeah, well, the, the, the new life track really began on, uh, like Easter Day was the day I went forward and I said yes. I said yes prayed a prayer with a pastor. I don't know what I prayed. All I know was <laughs> I said yes. Then I had to go home, and I'm still doing, you know, 
the same old, same old, until it got to Pentecost Sunday. Those are the two days. And it was on Pentecost Sunday, I got really, around that time, I was really sick, and I had an experience, I'm laying on this bed that should have been my deathbed, I'm just overdosing, and it's a really painful situation, and I knew that if I didn't come out of this, I was going to die. And so I just threw up a prayer to God. I'd forgotten about what happened in the church on Easter Sunday, and I just said, God, you know, first thing I said was, I'm sorry I've become something you was never your plan, which was I've been into drugs for 17 years at that time. And I said, I'm sorry I've become something. I said, if you would just help me turn this page in my book and, and give me Jesus, I'll give you the rest of my life. And in that instant, the same voice spoke to me right there on that bed and said, go get yourself baptized today. <laughs> so I thought, okay, yeah. So you did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So cool. I did. So I called. Well, he, here's the amazing uh, thing. I called my friend Chester because yeah. I didn't know what he'd been out sure. on the road with Genesis. Sure. He this this was a Sunday morning. He had just gotten back into town the day before Saturday night. So yeah. he's on the phone. I'm on the phone. Hey man, how are you doing? I said, Well, I'm a mess right now. All I know is I need to get baptized. I need to get my body in the water. Can you help me do that? And he said, Yes. Yeah. Do you know what day it is? I said, I think it's Sunday. He says it's Pentecost. So he starts <laughs> trying to give me a he starts trying to give me a Bible study cool. down the phone. Cool. Telling me about the birth of the church and the Holy Spirit and stuff. I said, Sounds good. <laughs> I said, All I know is I need to get my body in the water. He says, Don't worry, right. me and my wife will come pick you up. <laughs> so they took me Beautiful. to the evening service. They took me to the evening service and I got baptized and when I got baptized all the drugs, the whole, I mean, all I can say is I went in a mess and came up brand wow. new. Wow. It was a total deliverance from 17 years of drugs wow. right there in the waters cool. of baptism. Got filled with the Spirit, the whole nine yards. Powerful. And powerful that's stuff. where the new life began. Cool. That's, that's a powerful story. I, hey, I want to yeah. take you in an area that you know a lot about, which is worship. Um, uh-huh. You know, I'm, I am terribly concerned that I think in a positive way, I think we're poised for another great awakening, like the times that you're mm-hmm. describing. I, mm-hmm. the opioid uh, epidemic in the U S is frankly mm-hmm. scares profanities out of me. The yeah. amount of deaths. Yeah. And I, I have this feeling that the church is always most powerful when we are most adept at worship, and yeah. I certainly have no criticism for anybody today at all. I'm frankly, you know, yeah. you know what I've been through last year. I'm just happy to be alive. I love everybody and like everything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Right. Burn my dinner; it's delicious. Right, <laughs> but, right, right. But yeah. I, yeah. but I have this feeling that we're about to have another rediscovery of of what I would call powerful worship a dynamic that. That sh- that yeah. shakes the the principalities and powers and sort of jars things loose. I I sense we've had kind yeah. of a little sleepy era, but I feel it's yeah. time to war. I yeah. feel it's time yeah. to war, and and I know you're one who you know you taught seminary 
I mean, yeah. we don't have time for your whole story, but you've you've been a <laughs> seminary professor now after hanging around with yeah. Elton and all the guys and years yeah. of study. But you're a worship guy. Talk, talk to me about the power of worship to oh, to overcome things like we're facing. I know we have families and mm-hmm. churches where their kids are are in this opioid epidemic. They're 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 dying yeah. in many. The epidemic is the deaths from this, and I had yeah. this in my heart. Uh, that the way the church will push this back is not only evangelism, because that's about what my show is all about, mm-hmm. but I also think mm-hmm. worship. Tell me a, a little bit of what you know about worship that I have to know if I'm a listener. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, okay. Um, dear, oh, dear. You know, when you talk about the opioid crisis and stuff like that, the first thing that flashed into my mind uh, was the scripture, I think it's Isaiah 60, where it says, Arise and shine, um, for the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And then it goes on to say, in in times of gross darkness. So mm-hmm. there's this, this dynamic here where the worse the things get in the world, God shines brighter. But the contingency there is that we're dealing with, when we talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ, we're talking about a completed work, something that has been done. So I'm going, let me go somewhere with this. And so Psalm 100, verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. Thanksgiving and it's funny, Doug, you just mentioned about with all that you've been through, you're thankful about, you know, the meal that you're going to have and all this kind of stuff. Thanksgiving is the basis of worship. Mm. And the interesting thing about Thanksgiving, in order to be thankful for something, something has to have happened. Mm. Right? Yeah. We're not thankful for nothing. Something, something good has to have happened. Well, the good thing that has happened is that Christ has died for us. So I often, I have this thing that I speak to my worship team. I say, tell me, what is worship? And, and this is what I've come up with out of a lot of, you know, backwards and forwards on this. It's an act of faith based on remembrance. I remember when I first walked into the, the church on the way on Easter Sunday, and it's a Pentecostal church, you know, so very expressive. People are raising their hands and singing. They've got their eyes closed, you know. So you go, what is this? You know, everybody's mm-hmm. singing their hearts out with their eyes closed, singing to somebody they can't even see. Mm-hmm. What, what in the world is this? You know, mm-hmm. well, it's all based on the remembrance of what has been done, what was accomplished at the cross, what was accomplished through the resurrection. And that's where the power is. So I think, I, I agree with you, I think there, we're poised for another revival, yeah. but I think there has to come a shift in our thinking with regards to what are we singing about? Because we've yeah. gone through this whole, you know, with the millennial, the, the yeah. meism, the, yeah. the, all the whole thing, it's all about me right. and how I feel. There's a lot of singing about how we feel, but that's nothing to do with the gospel. The gospel is nothing to do with about how we feel. It's yeah. about how God felt in sending his son to bear 
the curse of our sins upon the cross and their yeah. rise from the dead, yeah. you know, and, and the end result. And, and here's another thing we forget about the ascension. I love the ascension and it seems like nobody preaches about it because in the ascension, <laughs> yeah. it, we have we have perfect representation before the throne of God Whoa. through the Son of God who has saved us and redeemed us. So when I understand that, I've got nothing left to say but thank you. Thank you. He ascended and presented to the Father our freedom, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And we accept that with thanks. Hey, I I don't know if you knew an old friend of mine, Dr. Roy Hicks Sr. Yeah. And I wanted to quit pastoring one time. I I just, well, it wasn't the only time, but I wanted to quit. I just was, I'm going to be honest with you. I just was growing to hate people. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't even know why God wanted to save them. I didn't like them. (laughs) And so I was about to call it quits. And and I I called him. I said, Doc, I I don't know, man. I got no faith for this anymore. And he said, okay, I'm writing you a prescription. I said, okay. He said, every day say 100 thank yous to God. Find 100 things to say thank you to God for. There you go. And So I did. Thank you for my car. Thank you for my wife. Yeah. Thank you for my God. Mm-hmm. Now, that, well, yeah, I better mm-hmm. thank for them. And and you get through one hundred thank yous, and I dare oh, you yeah. to not sense the Holy Spirit, because we, oh, yeah. unfortunately, we do live in a a thankless confine. That's right. In that we're That's always right. talking about what we need. So that's interesting. You brought this up because that is the core of a of a worshiping church and a worshiping life is to just finally yep. pause and say thank you, God, for thank what you. I do have. That's thank it. you. That's it. Thank you. God. Yeah. In fact, I sense there's some listening to stop right now and at least have yeah. five thank yous. <laughs> yeah. I'm thankful yeah. today. I'm thankful because mm-hmm. I I I tell you what I I'm an I'm a war horse and. Uh, mm. I, I've, I've about had it with hell's pushback on us mm-hmm. and I, yet yeah. I read the scriptures and I go back to the old story of Jehoshaphat yeah, and it's, yeah. and it's yeah. very clear that worship thanks oh, yeah. is always at the forefront of pushing hell back. That's and, right. uh, I I I I think we could be in a season like that. What do you what do you what are you thinking and sensing about tell me something about worship I don't know. Oh gosh. <laughs> I know you probably can't I mean I know everything, but you know <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> that you think well, I you may know, not know. <laughs> you know, I think uh I discovered a long time ago that that uh, um something that really hit me was in, in my studies one time that as you look through the book of Psalms there's worship and then there's praise. Mm-hmm. And wor- worship is always found within the context of addressing who God is. Mm. Praise is always found in the context of what he has done. Mm. So, you know, in, in the Psalms, you know, you're looking at an agricultural, you know, society, agrarian society. So mm-hmm. they're, they're praising him for the crops, the rain, etc. you know, the harvest, and etc. But um, uh, uh, in other psalms, they'll say, um, you know, we, we come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before our Creator, for you are the Lord. You know, you are our God. So it's all about who, who He is. And I think worship 
gives the devil a mind a migraine. It has power <laughs> in address in addressing yeah. who God is. Yeah. Because you know, we read about Satan. He said, "I will ascend. I want to be like God." Yeah. Well, sorry, you're not God. We're yeah. we're you know giving all our attention to the to the true God, to Yahweh, to Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, it ain't you. You know. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a real power in that. So we, so by that, you know, we, we it, there's um, life and death is in the power of the tongue. So if we start singing and proclaiming who God is, we in a very real way we are overcoming the forces of darkness by simply declaring who He is. Yes, yes. We're we singing life. You know what? I bet right now today there's somebody to pause right now. They've got some heavy stuff. Heavy. Mm-hmm just some painful things that right yeah. now just need to have who God is declared over it in their life. Yeah. Yeah. He is the Lord. As a worship, a, a, as a worshiping yeah. person. Yeah. yeah. Giving place to God. Isn't it there? A scripture says, give no place to Satan. Right. Right. Hebrews. Yeah. Give no, give no place to give place to God in worship. That, that's, that's incredible. Right. Hey, hey, yeah. uh, that that was such a powerful insight for many today, uh, which is what this show's about. We're about about really spreading the gospel and uh, and the the power of the name of Jesus to do to do great oh, yeah. things. Uh, mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna pause and take a little break here, and and we'll come back, Caleb. And I I've got a couple other kind of fun questions I want to ask okay. you. If that's okay. Yep, great. Yep. Let me tell you how you can help us with the show. Uh, It does take some resources. We have some generous people who've stepped up and helped us out with a great deal of it. But uh, if you would like to support us, what we have is an offer uh, this month for any who can help us financially. It's called A Way Through the Wilderness, a great book by Jamie Buckingham. And the reason I've chosen this book is, one, Jamie was one of my dearest friends. And I think this is one of the finest books ever written on the Exodus crossing. It is loaded with tremendous insights that you rarely find anywhere else. And it's a great book. I'm I'm going to send it to you for whatever gift you can give to help us stay on the air. It's called A Way Through the Wilderness. All you have to do is you can do one of three things. You can either uh, go to our PayPal, which is Doug Murin at PayPal. Leave your address. The book will go out to you. Or you can send any size contribution to Caught on Tape or just Doug Mirren to 1806 Fifth Street, Wenatchee, W-E-N-A-T-C-H-E-E, Washington. Get this. Here's the zip. 98801. 1806 5th Street, Wenatchee, Washington. Send any size gift with your address. I'll get the book out to you. Or you can go to our website, which is DougMurinRadio.com. DougMurinRadio.com. And you can follow the donation section. And I'll make sure you get that book. It's a tremendous book. Not only will you help me, but I know I'm going to get to help you with this book. So God bless you. We do thank you for your support. If you would like a live radio show outreach at your church, just contact us at any of those numbers. Uh, my email is doug.murin at gmail.com. doug.murin at gmail.com. And we are starting to do some outreaches. I'm not doing a lot of them, but we are starting to do one. I hope you'll enjoy the show, and God bless you, and thank you for your generosity. And now back to more Caught on Tape with Doug Murin. Okay, Caleb, we've got a few more minutes left. I've got to, I've got to get—I'm not going to be very spiritual this part. 
I'm not, I'm not. But I know you've got it. What's what's one of your favorite worship songs? And we're gonna make that people could uh, could hear. I like the song uh, "A Good Good Father." You're a good good father. You're a good good father. Mm-hmm. It's a good one, huh? Yeah. Okay. Hey, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what people have to know uh, uh, about Caleb. Caleb's a guy that's a been around at major breakthrough times, and I I have had this sense since I've started getting healthy again. We're in a breakthrough time. I, I think mm-hmm. churches are going to start growing like crazy again. I really do. Because there's such yeah. despair in our culture. We've bought into so many lies, and the lies are being exposed. And I'm yeah. happy to be alive. I can't wait to see what's going ahead. But people need to know, you were the first human to hear <laughs> Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Cup Band besides George Martin, weren't you? Or, or Yeah. 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 You're the, he worked, you worked in the studio, where they yeah. were taping Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. If you don't know who that is, that's the Beatles, uh, you know, main opus. We're talking to yeah. the man who was the first man to hear the Beatles' Sergeant Peppers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're. I think you could be one who's around when interesting things happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a that was a powerful movement going on in the world at that time. What did you think and, and when I that say, popped on? When you Wait, I know you cheated, Oh, and you listened to it. <laughs> yeah, well, my job, I was working for their publisher, and so my job was to make uh, uh, copies for, for the publishers, yeah. uh, master copies for the publishing. You yeah. know? Uh, and so George Martin would send the copies, you know, by security overnight over to, to my studio, Dick James Music, and uh, in the wee hours of the morning, you know, when nobody else is around, I had to make these pristine copies, and so I'd be the first people to hear it, you know. Yeah. And then the next day, I would invite my friends up to hear it, you know, Graham Nash and people like yeah. that, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but that was a powerful time. I mean, it was, you just knew something was 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 happening. Uh, the, from, I could tell you from 1965 to 1970, those five years, were the most explosive times in terms of creativity in music in the world at that time. Technology, not just mm-hmm. the bands, but also the recording arts and sciences. You know, everything, it, it just ballooned. It exploded from four-track being the state of the art to 24-track and so forth. And so there was just so much going on, you know. Wow. Uh, people going to the moon, and uh, you, you could track it. You know, it's just I think we might be in one of those kind of times spiritually. I was telling somebody. Movement. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I was telling somebody, of a, of day, I was walking down the street of Seattle, and a kid walked up to me and said, are you a Christian? Out of the blue, I led him to wow. Christ. And saw Whoa. dozens and dozens and dozens of those kinds of things. I I yeah. feel we're in a discovery time, and I'm excited yeah. to watch what happens in our churches in coming days. And I believe that. Hey, yeah. Caleb, thank you for your time, and uh, you're a great friend. And uh, I'm sure we'll you be too, we're going to be doing some events together. We'll be saying Wonderful. more about later. Great. Okay, God bless you, Caleb. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. My pleasure. Caught on Tape with Doug Murin is a listener and friend-supported program. Your help with the show and expanding the evangelism events of Doug Murin is appreciated. You can write Doug Murin, Caught on Tape, at 1806 5th Street, Wenatchee, Washington, 98801. Or online at DougMurinRadio.com.